All right, let's get into the message, hey? You've probably already seen. So Kieran, Kieran was going to finish the series. If you've been here, we've been going through the series, How Not to Read the Bible. Um, well, really, the heart of it is that we want to teach you how to read the Bible. You know, often I grew up in uh, a Pentecostal church and, you know, the very common thing was to read a verse out of context, you know, and name it, you claim it type type thing and, and, and you know, just, just going through Scripture and um, just not understanding what... Now, the heart of why we want to study Scripture and sit down and is actually to know the character of God. And so sometimes when we just read a verse and we take it out of context, um, actually we miss the heart of God if we do that sometimes. And so we wanted to teach you actually to how to understand Scripture because the more we understand it, the more we understand God. Um, and so that was the heart and, and, you know, we're going through these tough topics that I think some people want to avoid, but we wanted to face it head on and help you guys. But remember when we do, uh, this is a question I pose to you. Why do you go to church on a Sunday? Why do you go to Bible study? You know, why do you memorize Bible verses? Have you ever asked that question? Why? Why do you do those things? Really, there should be one answer to get to know God to build your relationship with God. And, and I wanted to finish this series off and, and obviously I had to switch with Kieran. So, um, you know, if you've been in Divergent, we don't always do things perfectly. We're not the perfect church. And I wanted to really finish this series and say that I want us to be a river, not a reservoir. And, um, you know, what I mean by that is that often I see, you know, and I've been in this. This is, this is part of my journey. I want to share you my story. I grew up in a Christian home and I used to be the person that, you know, I want to store up all this knowledge and sounds. Um, yeah, I just, I wanted to, to be able to articulate what I say and, and try and convince people with my words. You know, it was interesting that Murray shared that uh, verse. You know, we don't come with wise words, but we come with the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I used to want to be like that. I wanted to be wise words. And I realized when I got up and started preaching that I wasn't a man that spoke with a lot of wisdom. Um, actually, some people found it hard to understand me and you probably still do at times. Um, I'm not, you know, one of those people. And I realized that it's, 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 it's not about how well you sound. Yes, it helps if you're a good communicator, but it's actually about the power of God and the Holy Spirit that's in you. We are the story. We are the message. Our lives. And, you know, I think growing up, you know, I was going to picture, I actually grew up near a, a reservoir is a dam. So for those that don't know what a reservoir is, it's, it is a, a man-made dam of water, a big catchment. So you have lakes that are natural, um, but reservoirs and dams are actually man-made. And I grew up uh, near a lake, it's called Lake Hume, near Aubrey Wodonga. Um, you can see a picture, I put a picture on there. And I just remember, you know, that's where I used to go fishing, catch redfin. We used to catch the redfin and take it back to our farm and put in our dams so we could do more fishing, uh, water skiing and so forth. And, you know, reservoirs, they're incredible. I, I, I get fascinated when I see, you know, I guess I don't get fascinated at any lake. But, you know, they're so incredible. Like, look at that large body of water, you know, the hills in the backgrounds, you know, even the Hume Weir is actually not, really, it's not that pretty, but I don't know, something about the water and the catchment just, 
And I, I feel like our lives, sometimes that's how we want to be. We want people to notice us. And, and I think for me growing up, I, I wanted people to see me. Um, you know, I wanted people want me to be, you know, I, I wanted to be a great leader. I wanted to be a great footballer. And I thought if I did these things um, and people noticed me, then I could show how good God is. If only I could be significant, then I could point people to God. And so I would look for those big aha moments, you know, people, you know, and if I get this award, if I get this achievement, then people would notice me and then I can point and give glory to God. That was kind of my mentality. So it was, it was like, but what I realized, even though I got these achievements, it didn't really point people to God still. Like I was pointing to them, I didn't see fruit. I didn't see people coming to faith. And I think what God showed me is that I focused so much on trying to be big that I, I missed the moments that are in front of me, the people that were in front of me. And I, I, I think this message is really about, you know, we need to be rivers, not reservoirs. See, a, a reservoir, a dam... It wants to, you know, it's a catchment. It, it, it has water that flows in, but it controls what comes out. A river, it flows in and it flows out. There's no, nothing stopping it. And the thing about rivers, rivers is what brings fruit. It's what brings uh a harvest, a re it replenishes the ground. We see trees and life around rivers. But often dams, and you know, I grew up on the farm, so I, I'm talking about, you know, if, you, if you've been a farm, we, we build these dams. There's no life. It's all dirt around these dams. And they're muddy and they're mucky. Yes, you can find a little bit of life in there and go yabbies, get some yabbies out of the dams. But, and look, you're going to find some holes in my illustrations. That's all good. You, just stick with me. But my point is, is that rivers is where you find the true life. Whereas dams and is actually, it's sometimes, you know, you, most you know dams, you see it, Lake Burley Griffin, how dirty it is. And you see it all the time with dams. And, you know, and this is, an, this is again, I said there's holes in all the illustrations, um, you know, the Dead Sea is an example. It's not a man-made uh, lake. But do you know why they call it Dead Sea? Because everything around it's dead. Even There's nothing that lives in the Dead Sea. It's, it's, there's no life. Now, one reason for it is because of the salt. There's so much salt in it, too much salt coming from the rocks. But you know another reason they believe it is? Because there's no outflow. It doesn't bleed into a river. Now, most lakes go into... And why is that important? Because it allows to flush out that bad water. So you've got new water coming in and it flows. Does that make sense? And I feel like that's our life at times. I feel like our life, we've created reservoirs. And what I mean is that we go to Bible study, we go to church, and all we've done is puff ourselves with knowledge, but nothing's flowing out. 
you know, you can memorize every Bible verse, but you, if you don't know how to love your neighbor, it means nothing. Like the scriptures that we learn is to know God. You know, you've probably heard this before. It's not what you know, but who you know. We use that in work all the time. You know, you can go to university and learn all these things, but often when you get a job, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Can I tell you it's the same with God? We often tell ourselves, if only I knew more, then I'll do something. But I encourage you, it's not the more you know, it's actually who you know. Your relationship with God. When you have a relationship with God, can I tell you, there will be fruit. People see a change. They see a difference in you. So how do we know if we're living like a river or a reservoir? Well, I think this picture of Revelations 22 verse 1 to 2 says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. There are many references in Scripture that talks about water and the river uh, being, you know, the Holy Spirit, eternity. And here's a picture of the new Eden restored. This is the new heaven and the new earth. Show me the river, the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. This is also an echo of um, Ezekiel as well. He shares a similar vision in uh, chapter 47. And my, my, my point is here is that if we are rivers, there will be fruit around us. If we are reservoirs, there will be no fruit. There will be no harvest. And so I had to be honest with myself. And, and I, I'll be honest, I was, I was preaching the Bible. I was, you know, I was in Bible study and I was... But what I realized that there was no fruit around me. I hadn't seen people come to faith. I hadn't seen a harvest that scripture talks about. And so what I realized, I had stored all up this knowledge, but I wasn't allowing this knowledge to change my inner life. You know, I could, I could have a discussion and an argument with you, but that means nothing if it doesn't change my behavior and the way I live. And so God had to do a work in me to realize that everything I do, people are watching. Oh, thanks, Sass. Everything I do, people are watching what I do, not always what I say. And what we say doesn't always match up with what we do. And so God was talking to me about being a river, a river that's going to bring life to the people around me. And that there'll be fruit. And so that's been a journey. And I want to share with you, because I'm thinking that some of you sitting here today feel like that they're stuck in that place as well. You know, that you've, you're looking around you and you go, you know what? 
I don't see any of my friends or my workplace or my neighbours. I don't see any fruits of God in their lives because of my life. Yet when I read scripture, I see evidence of the disciples and, and those that follow God. There was fruit. There were people coming to know him. And so I want to go through how we can be a river. Is that fair? I've been with you. And I'm still on that journey. Always will be. So why do we live our lives like reservoirs or dams? What? Here's a question. Why do we create dams? Yell it out. Why do you think we have a dam? What's the purpose of it? Control. We'll stay on the control word. Thanks. There are, there are other reasons, but I reckon the main one is control, isn't it? Isn't that the main reason? We can control the outflow. Why? Well, for the fear of the unknown. Droughts. You know, what I'm starting to realize that control is a big part of why we create dams in our lives. I want you to really think about this. I think everything that we do is often linked to control. I was listening. Uh, we had a, a national conference and they got uh, Corey Turner, who's from Numa Church, to come and share. And, um, and his church is just sharing about a, a revival that's going through his church. And, and, and what he had done and what he realized, um, he, what he did before this whole revival happened, he, he was studying revivals. Um, and I've been reading some books recently as well um, about revivals and what was going on. And, and I, I see what he's saying. And he said, he said, if you want to see revival, we need to repent of our man-made control. He said all revivals started because people gave up control of their lives. And as I was thinking about this, I started re reading um, parts where Jesus speaks into this. And I think one of the most things that he, he often spoke about was um, in Luke 9, 57. And it's a, it's a passage where Jesus starts telling people, follow me. And you can read it. It's, not, it's verse 57. And, and, and he says... You know, to, to people and he says to one man follow me and the person he says but there's that word but do you know what that word but is that means control but he replied Lord first let me go and bury my father Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I've used that word, but, many times. God says to me, go and talk to your neighbor. But God, um, man, I, I, man, I've got to go to bed. Man, I've got to prepare dinner for my kids, for my, my wife. I don't have time for that. You know, God says, I want you to get up early and pray with me and spend time with me. But, God, but I, I, 
Man, I only went to sleep at 12 o'clock. You know, I just finished my Netflix series. This word, but, you know, I think even when we sing songs, uh, I don't know, I laugh. I, I sit there and I sing, you know, your love brings me to my knees. And I, I feel like I just sit there and go, yeah, but God, this floor's pretty hard. I don't, I don't, you know, like, do I have to get on the, you know? What is that all implying? That's, that's control. You're trying to control everything you do. You know, surrender is giving up control. I don't know, sometimes I'm just like, man, we need to, we need to smack that butt away. I don't know if I can say that. But you know what I mean? We need to stop it. If we want to see God do incredible things, we've got to stop saying but. We need to see the people that are in front of us that God's going, hey, I want you to love them. Stop saying but and controlling and dictating how you live your life. And Jesus says this in Matthew 16, 25. He says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. This is what Jesus has been saying for the whole time. He's saying, you need to lose. You know, you need to give up. Stop controlling every step of your life and give it to me. Let go and let God. Take control of your life. And I can guarantee you when we do that, we are going to see the move of God. You know, why, why do we want to control? Well, control makes us feel secure. But I want to encourage you that actually that to me says that you're insecure. Because you're not secure in Christ. If you were secure in Christ, you wouldn't try and control your life. You know that you're already loved. You already know that, that God cares for you, that God has forgiven you, that God has shown you mercy. And when that things happen, you want to give that to others, that gift. Do you hear what I'm saying? God flows through you. You become a river, not a reservoir. Now, I think some of us are not all reservoirs, though. I think some of us are already rivers. And so, but I want to also say this, because I say be a river, but not all rivers are healthy. So when I say be a river, you know, I think when I'm saying being a river, we want to pour our lives into other people. We want to see fruit. That's what a river's being. And I see people wanting to do that. They want to pour their lives into people. But what they don't realize is that their river that they're, they're pouring into others is polluted. Not all rivers are healthy in the world. I want you to have a look at that river. Does anyone know what that river is? Yes. Ganges River. You know, it provides water for half a billion people. But it's the most polluted river in the world. And there are a number of reasons why it's polluted. There's a lot of Hindu practices that happen on that river. It's... But the number one reason is sewage. And they estimate that one and a half million people die from that river 
a year. So what am I saying? I'm saying that some people want to be rivers, but what they're doing is that they are polluting the people around them. So they want to help people and they want to pour into people. But what you don't, they don't realize is that what they're carrying, the river they're carrying has bitterness. The river they're carrying has unforgiveness. The river they're carrying has anger, jealousy. And so, you know, yes, the Spirit may be working through you and you do, do some things that are godly, but then there's things that you do that hurt. They hurt other people. And I, I want you to be honest with yourself because, you know, when I've done things and I've said things to people that have hurt them, I really reflect and go, okay, God, what have I allowed in my river today? What have I allowed that's polluted I want to make sure that the river that I carry is pure and it's from you. Because we got to understand that, you know, the river that we have, there is, there is two flows coming in and that's the worldly flow and there's the godly flow. God pouring in. But we have a choice of what's coming out. And there's a, there's a story, uh, Francis Schaeffer, and I love this um, illustration. He, what he did, he, he would take his disciples up this ridge line um, in Switzerland. I couldn't find a picture, unfortunately, but I found some pictures um, of the rivers. And what he would show, he'd show his disciples. And, and on this ridge line, he said, on one ridge line where the snow is, that snow would melt into a river. And on the other side of the ridge line, there's this cut like would melt into another river. And he said, he shares the story of the two snowflakes. And he says our life, our life is like the ridge line or the river. And we have moments, events in our life, and these events and moments are like snowflakes. And we have a choice of where that snowflake is going to melt into. And so those rivers in the, in, on Switzerland, one flows into the Rhine River. And the Rhine River is also one of the most polluted rivers in the world. It's this one here. But on the other side of the ridgeline, that water flows into the Rhone River, which is actually one of the most beautiful rivers in the world, separated by a ridgeline. And so he would often, Francis would take his disciples and said, you know what, every moment that you have, events, um, some people will call these kairos moments, a time, you have a choice on how you're going to filter that. And, and we say Jesus is our filter. And I think often what we've done in the past, um, and before you came to faith in, in Christ, most of that went into the polluted river. Now you have Jesus, you have a filter that can filter that into the pure river. But you still have a choice. Even though you are saved and God makes us right, He's continuing to make us right. That's sanctification. We have a choice when moments and events come into our life, we have a choice. Are we going to allow that just to bury and go into, because that's what the river will create if we do. Or are we going to process that and not allow that? to affect our lives. Now, I, I was just thinking about this. We've been, uh, I wanted to give you some practical tips because we're all going to face, and these can be positive and negative things. 
these moments and events. Um, but there's a, there's a little, uh, they call this the learning circle. It's, it's been around for a long time. Mike Breen does a good teaching on it. And so I want us to, to think, I don't think we're very good at this. And, and I think this is maybe because our parents haven't taught us or, you know, the church hasn't taught us. But every time there's a moment or an event, the question we need to ask ourselves, we need to observe and reflect. What is God trying to say? What is the Holy Spirit trying to say to us in this moment? And so Mike Breen takes us through and, and he talks about, um, in Scripture, we see the repent and believe. Jesus says, go and repent and believe. What does that mean? Repentance is an inner change. Believing is an outward change. Actually, Mike Breen believes a lot of Christians have actually got that the wrong way around. They think believe is an inner, cha- is an inner thing and repentance is an outward thing, external. Actually, it's the other way. If you read scripture, the, the original Greek meaning of repentance is the inward change of our life. And believing is an action word. So you're putting into action. So what I'm trying to say is, let's for, say, for example, you have a pornography addiction. We think repentance is stopping the pornography addiction. That's the outward change. Actually, no, true repentance is changing what, why you're doing that. The inward change. You can stop pornography, but you still have a wrong view of women, a degrading view of women. Or women have a degrading view of men. Pornography is both ways. It's not until you change that inward and then belief is putting that into action. Does that make sense? And so often I think we're very good at sometimes the repent, observe, reflect, and discover means discuss with someone. Have you ever, you know, you've gone through something, a sin, and you've shared it with someone and you feel really good about yourself? That's half of it. But then you notice you're going back into it again. I would say that's not true repentance. That's, that's remorse. You've missed the next part. And this is the believe where you've got a plan. Go, okay, what am I going to do about this? I see that I have an issue. Okay, I'm, I have a, a wrong view of women. I, I need to get God's heart for women. I need to really get into the word. But also at the same time, it's still good to put filters in your computer and, and your technology so that you not keep doing that. Do you see what I'm saying? You've got a plan. And who's your accountability? Who's the person that you're going to walk with to help you through that? And then there's your action. Again, I think, you know, and believe and faith actually go hand in hand. Those words are very interchangeable in Scripture. You'll see it all the time. You'll see the repent and have faith. Um, it doesn't mean hope. Belief and faith don't mean hope. So what I mean is maybe I'll give you a practical example. I, hope, uh, I have hope that this chair is going to, you know, take my weight. That's a good thing. But how do I know that I have faith and believe? I sit on it. That's how you know I have faith and believe. Does that make sense? Well, we've said believing is I believe that chair is going to take me. Well, show me. How do we know that we are believers and have faith in Christ because you see it in action? Does that make sense? Yeah? Because I believe when we do these things, when we start filtering these moments in our life, these kairos moments, um, I think we're going to see a river. 
We're going to see a river flowing into other people's lives. I think there's too many of us that have been burying anger and bitterness and unforgiveness for too long. And God is wanting to deal with it. But we just keep, no, no. And then we wonder why there's no fruit around us. God's like, hang on. We're not moving until we deal with this. Be a river, not a reservoir. Finish up. My last thing is, where does a river come from? Where does it start? Now, I'm talking spiritually, it comes from God. He is the source of our river. Christ is the source of our river. The Holy Spirit is the, the, is the river. John 7 verse 38 says, Whoever believes in me, that word believe, that's the word I was just sharing with you. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit. What he's saying is when we put our faith in Christ, we, we decide we're going to follow you, Jesus. I believe in you. Action. It says God promises the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? If you are a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You don't need to go and learn more knowledge to get the Holy Spirit. What you need to do is let go of control of the Holy Spirit. You need to let the Spirit work in you, flow through you. You are putting up the walls for the Spirit to flow. And this took me a while to realize. And I'll give you an example. This morning, I caught up with a guy from my football club. And we've been, we've been meaning to have this coffee. He reached out to me. And he shared with me before that he's got a JW background. Now, the old me, the reservoir me, was like, I need to learn everything I can about JWs, which I had done in the past. And I'm coming with all these answers. But the new me, the, the running water, the living water, goes, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? How do you want me to speak into this person's life? And as we sat down for a coffee... I felt the Spirit say, just listen, hear his story. Can I tell you, that wasn't, that wasn't the reservoir me. <laughs> reservoir me was like, I have an answer for everything. And I kid you not, this is what he said. Cade, you're an amazing listener. Trust me, I've had people say to me, I'm a terrible listener. <laughs> I just trusted the Spirit. And then he, he responded and he said, Kate, I've been watching you in a good way. I've been watching you how you interact with people. And what I've noticed is how much you value and care for those guys in the football club. And that's why I wanted to sit with you today and share with you that I've been reading scripture. I've been wrestling. You know, yes, I've been in a JW backgrounds, but I know there's a God. And I just wanted to talk to you about it. Now, that's only a start. Did we get, you know, was he on his knees and, 
you know, giving his heart to Christ, no. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is doing a work in him. And I'm just part of the river that's flowing. And, and I, I truly believe that, you know, I've, for four years I've been in that football club and nothing happened. And then, I, I kid you not, the last three or four years, these are the continuous stories that I'm having. Not just me, other guys in the football club, they're, they're watching us, they're seeing how we interact and care for people. And I just want to, I want to encourage you that we need, we don't need to write up the perfect message. We don't need to have all the answers for everyone. Remember that you are the message. God is already working in you. You have the Holy Spirit. That's the message that we share. So when I, when I sit with people, I share what God has done in my life. I share the person that I was. You know, I grew up in a Christian home. But God has done so much in my life. Even know that I've grown up knowing the values. He has done incredible things. And I think we forget the things that God has done in our lives. That is an incredible story in itself. That is the message. We don't need to have all the answers for everyone because people look at our lives. They see what we have and they want it. Because we have a river that is flowing through us. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that brings life. And so my heart with this sermon is that I want us as a church to be a river to those around us. I want us to stop saying but. I want us to stop trying to control every part of our lives. Even control the time you spend with God. When God speaks, listen, surrender, give your life to him. And I can guarantee you, you will see fruit around you. You will see fruit within your life. You will see fruit with your friends. You'll see fruit in your workplace. But it starts with you giving up your life, losing your life and surrendering it to God. And if you're not willing to do that, my prayer is that God's going to bring a flood. And he's going to fill your dam and it's going to overflow and break down the walls. Sometimes that's what God does. He's sick and tired of us trying to control every detail of our life. So you know what he does? He brings the floods, the spiritual floods. And that's why we see great moves of God sometimes. But I believe that we can start now. We don't have to wait for that. You know, you see churches praying and praying for revival. I honestly believe if we just repent of our man-made control, we can start seeing God move now, working through us. But it's up to you. It's up to me to keep encouraging each other to be a river, not a reservoir. Let's pray. Father God, we know that your word says to love God and love people. And I just pray, Father, that as, as we do this journey and this walk, we just remind us of what's the most important thing, and that is to love you and love your people. I pray, that, Lord, as a church, that we would be rivers in our workplace 
that we would be rivers in our families. We would be rivers with each other, Lord. That what comes out of us flows the power of you. Your spirit, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your self-control. I pray that we are rivers of running water that flows from you. I pray that, Lord, that there are people that have put up walls and dams to, to stop those things. Father, I pray that you show them that they need to tear them down. They need to break those walls because you want to do a new thing. You want to create. Father, you are a creator and you want to bring life. And so I pray, Father, that we would just allow you to work through us. I pray, Father, for those that are dealing with anger and bitterness. Father, I pray that you would just come in and uproot those things. Father, I pray that, yeah, they would stop polluting Christians' waters, that we would start being healthy and, and, and helping those around us, Father, because we are healthy. And I pray, Lord, if, if that doesn't work, I pray for a flood of the Spirit to come and break down our walls. In Jesus' name, amen.